Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon podcast. This is Katie and I have with me today very special guest co-host, my friend, you all know her and love her. It's Dusty. Hi, Dusty. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. Thank you so much for being on. So listeners, Sarah was unable to record this week and I at the very last minute I messaged Dusty to see if she would want to co-host and she was amazing and was just like yeah sure no problem and <laughs> that's amazing thank you so much you're the best <laughs> you are so welcome I don't do very well at filling in Sarah's shoes but I'm happy to be here <laughs> <laughs> you're you're your own shoes yes. that have their rightful spot on this show. I'm like I'm like worn out Chuck Taylor's but they're still, they're still banging. <laughs> oh my God. And I, I think that you, I think they'd be pink. Your Chuck Taylor. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I definitely had pink Chuck Taylors all through high school and I thought I was very cool. <laughs> nice. I had red ones and I wore them to so many concerts. And, uh, yeah. I can, it, yeah, I can fun. picture it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, friends, before we get into the the episode today, I want to do just a super, super, super quick thank you to uh, my patrons, our patrons, because there have been quite a few of you that have joined, and we'll give you a proper shout out when Sarah's back on the show. We'll both shout you out, but just really quick, I want you all to know that I, we see you, so shout out to Teresa, Cranberry Cat, Ronnie, Andrew, Steph, Caitlin, Christine, Beth, and Elena, like, Thank you so much. Oh, wow. That's a lot of new ones. I know. And it's fun over on Patreon. Right, Dusty? We have fun. Welcome to the party. It's a great (laughs) time. (laughs) It's like outer darkness. It's amazing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, So for the topic today, I was just telling Dusty that I realized we haven't really ever covered the Adam-God doctrine. And that's what we'll be discussing. And if it sounds bizarre... That's because it is. It is, yeah. That's so weird. (laughs) So weird. My sources for this episode were from the CES letter, Mormon Think, and Fair Mormon, some Wikipedia, and I also went and looked at the LDS website because, of course, I did. I can't help myself. I wanted to see what they had to say. (laughs) Gross. I'm I'm on there so much that... And I think I, I usually am using an incognito tab, but I didn't for this past few like weeks. And my, oh, boyfriend no. got, and my boyfriend was like watching a YouTube video or something and he got an ad for the Mormon church and he was like, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> You've let it infiltrate. <laughs> I've opened the portal. <laughs> We're going to get missionaries to our door. No, hopefully not. Um it's like All right. bugs. You'll never get rid of it now. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's actually perfect. It's like you let them in. They get in. Uh-oh. <laughs> you got to burn your burn it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um in case you're new here, first of all, welcome, but here's a brief overview of who Brigham Young was because Brigham Young is the person who taught this Adam God doctrine. We have a we we've discussed Brigham Young a lot on the show. He's the worst. He's the worst. Like oh god, he sucks so bad. We've had multiple episodes about him, but anyway, if you don't really know that much about him, which probably most of you do, but here's a brief overview. 
He was the second prophet slash president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints <laughs> uh, from 1847 until his death in 1877. During his time as the church president, he led the Pioneers West from Nauvoo, Illinois to the Salt Lake Valley. He founded Salt Lake City, served as the first governor of the Utah Territory. He he essentially wanted to be king, though. Like, let's be real. He was very anti, like, U.S. government, wanted mm-hmm. to have his own. Mm-hmm. He was the prophet during the Mountain Meadows Massacre, which we also have. About. He preached blood atonement again, which we've covered in the past, but um, we'll probably be covering that again because of the rising interest in the new uh, FX series Under the Banner of Heaven. Which oh, yeah, because it takes place in the 80s, right? And it was still part of it back yes. then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And- yeah. Uh, and Ooh. in case any of you are interested, if you haven't seen, I have been covering those episodes over on Patreon um, until Sarah is able to watch that and we can talk about it together. Um, but yeah, so Brigham Young, he was a polygamist. He had at least 55 wives. He instituted the ban prohibiting the priesthood from black men. Uh, and he led the church in the Utah war against the United States. He is also the namesake of Brigham Young University. What a guy. What a guy. Uh, uh, yuck. <laughs> so this is the man, this is the douche canoe that taught <laughs> something that's called Adam God Doctrine. And here's what that is. According to Brigham Young, he was taught this by J Dog, by Joseph Smith. <laughs> he thought that Adam, as in Adam from Adam and Eve in the Bible, is literally, quote, our father and our God and the only God with whom we have to do. Uh, he, he not only taught this doctrine over the pulpit in conferences in 1852 and 1854, but he also introduced this doctrine as, as the lecture at the veil in the endowment ceremony of the temple, which I didn't know, but it was oh. in a while. Like you were taught that Adam from Adam and Eve was literally heavenly father, which it's like, it's, it's bizarre because you don't ever hear about that. But then it's also like, all of it is crazy. Like even believing in a little Adam and Eve is just weird, but this was weird even for the Mormons. (laughs) So yeah, this was part of the endowment ceremony, at least in the St. George temple for sure until 1904. Um, and here's a direct quote from Brigham in the Deseret News on uh, June 18th, 1873. He said, how much unbelief exists in the minds of the Latter-day Saints in regard to one particular doctrine, which I revealed to them and which God revealed to me, namely that Adam is our father and God. I do not know. I do not inquire. I care nothing about it. Our father, Adam, helped to make this earth. It was created expressly for him. And after it was made, he and his companions came here. He brought one of his wives with him and she was called. (laughs) She was the first woman upon earth. So, yeah, like there's that. Oh, my God. So Heavenly Father is Adam and also has. What, how many probably hundreds or thousands of wives in Brigham Young's eyes like yeah 
Like I, the church has been very like, n- don't talk about heavenly mother right now. And do mm-hmm. you think, because if you follow this line of thinking, it's because there's not one heavenly mother, there's multiple ones. That's what I think. I think yeah. you're totally right because yeah, that's how the doctrine goes. Right. Yeah. And it's in, um, still in like the doctrine and covenants that polygamy will happen in the afterlife. So what's to say that by that line of thinking, polygamy wasn't already happening in the pre-existence and we all have one heavenly father but there's like multiple heavenly mothers that we're yeah. not allowed to talk to or talk about <laughs> yeah because as soon as you talk about them it brings that up and that's a conversation the church is like not willing to have <laughs> right i know i think when i was first leaving the church i think i asked one of my mormon friends like i was very into when i was first leaving the church i was very into the idea of like the feminine divide and all that stuff. And I was oh, like, yeah. why don't, why do you think that like the church, we don't pray to heavenly mother. Like we pray to heavenly father. And my friend was saying some bullshit answer, like she's too sacred or something. And it's like, what? like when your your heavenly mom, like want you to talk to her? Like, I don't, it's yeah. But it's like, it's like you're saying, it's just because they don't want you to think about the polygamy stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Yep. (laughs) So the doctrine teaches that the angel Michael came to earth with one of his wives where they became known as Adam and Eve and became the progenitor of the human race and the father of mortal bodies of all his spirit offspring so they could progress and achieve godhood just like him. Oh. The doctrine teaches that Michael slash Adam was the literal biological father of the mortal body of Jesus, which also it's like, wait, so Adam like came back as an angel, was also heavenly father and impregnated Mary. That's fucked up. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I have this. Oh, so God is Michael, but then he's I don't understand. So, yeah, like Michael was God. Well, Michael the angel was God and then <laughs> became Adam, who became the literal biological father of Jesus. It's very confusing. It's so convoluted. Like, yeah. What was Brigham Young on? <laughs> oh, yeah. So many. <laughs> he was just on up. He was just power hungry, really, probably. Oh, yeah. Like, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense because it's so complicated and convoluted. And there is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he was just trying to, like, make up weird shit the same way as Joseph Smith did to be like, look, I'm a prophet, too. But he just didn't have the head in the hat. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have the right top hat to look at. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so his initial 1852 announcement of the doctrine was greeted by a lot of Mormons as prophetic. So, for example, the clerk of the General Conference, Thomas Bullock, recorded that during Brigham Young's sermon, quote, the Holy Ghost rested upon him with great power. Oh, that like triggered me. I was like, oh, yeah, you say, you know, something's true because you felt spirit. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't like it. I don't I like it. it. It's and, like and it's, what we were saying about I believe that government has no room in my uterus. So it must be true because I feel that way. <laughs> Yes, we got to put it up on our fridge. Like, yeah, like you said. Yep. (laughs) So and then got to be true. Obviously, if you put it on your fridge, it's true. I don't know if you guys knew that, but 
<laughs> that's that's actually we talk we talk about that in an episode that's coming out. It's a bonus episode coming out this weekend. So look out for that. Good teaser, Dusty. Oh yeah. <laughs> So, um, and then in the next session of General Conference, Heber C. Kimball, which is another apostle, stated his agreement that, quote, the God and Father of Jesus Christ was Adam. And then another apostle, Franklin D. Richards, accepted the doctrine, quote, that Adam is our Father and our God, as well, stating in General Conference in 1854 that the prophet and apostle Brigham has declared it and that is the word of the Lord. So I included this in my notes because if you bring this up to a lot of Mormons, if they even know about it, they'll be like, oh, that's just like an offhand thing that Brigham Young said once. But it's like, no, he said it a lot. And also all these apostles agreed with him and were preaching that it was true. So it's not that it's not like as small of an issue as they'll say yeah it's not like he just like made a comment one fireside night to a handful of people like this was a legit thing over the pulpit yeah at general conference yeah Ugh. there's also um some hymns that were sung about this which i found fascinating they were there were a number of hymns acknowledging this doctrine that were sung in local congregations and one published in 1856 was titled quote we believe in our God. And it had the lines that said, we believe in our God, the great prince of his race, the arch, the archangel Michael, the ancient of days, our own father, Adam, Earth's Lord, as is plain. And then later on, this hymn was removed from the books because it was yeah, so shocking. weird. Shocking that they remove stuff and change things around, right? <laughs> the never-changing, everlasting gospel just changes all the time. Changes all the time because, as we've said before, I think Celestial Jesus is kind of petty and he <laughs> doesn't actually know what's going to happen in the future, apparently. <laughs> he is like a 13-year-old hormonal girl who just is all over the place <laughs> with what he will accept. Cannot make up his mind and cannot decide who he's mad at at that moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh. So while a lot of people accepted this as like prophetic doctrine, some prominent members of the church took issue with it. Most significantly, Apostle Orson Pratt disagreed with the doctrine and expressed that disagreement publicly, which that's different. Like that doesn't happen nowadays. I feel like they all have to be in agreement all the time. Yeah. I'm always right. But yeah, he spoke out about it and he continued to debate the issue in public forums for months, despite being rebuked privately and publicly by Brigham Young on more than one occasion until in 1860, he was faced with possible disfellowshipment from the church and he Pratt agreed to a public confession affirming the doctrine as, quote, the doctrine of the church. So just threaten him uh, with this fellowshipment. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so, wow. um, so fucked up. Like, yeah. yeah, it is. Just agree with me or you cannot be a part of our of our group. Ugh. You can't sit with us. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that the other day and I hadn't watched it in years. And there were parts of it that I was like, oh, yeah, it didn't age well at all. <laughs> so amazing. Like, I'll always love Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. So, oh, yeah. for sure. <laughs> I always go into old movies that I loved with the mindset of like, this was made in a different time. We know better now. Just turn off and just let it 
Yeah. And I also think it's a great sign. Like when you notice that something's mm-hmm. problematic, you're like, oh, cool. Like we've progressed, or at least I've progressed enough yeah. that that's like iffy right now. That's iffy now. That's not, not cool to say anymore. Yeah. I've grown. (laughs) (laughs) So um, after the public debates between Brigham Young and Orson Pratt subsided in 1860, Brigham Young continued to maintain his belief in the doctrine. And he's but he may have been disappointed that the people did not give the doctrine universal acceptance because in 1861, he stated this is a quote from him. Some years ago, I advanced a doctrine with regard to Adam being our father and God. That will be a curse to many of the elders of Israel because of their folly. With regard to it, they yet grovel in darkness and will. It is one of the most glorious revealments of the economy of heaven, yet the world holds derision. Had I revealed the doctrine of baptism from the dead instead of Joseph Smith, there are men around me who would have ridiculed the idea until doomsday, but they are ignorant and stupid like the dumbass. <laughs> I loved that so much, not only because he said dumbass, but because he was very, it seems very obvious that he's jealous of Joseph Smith. Like, if oh, I had, yeah. Revealed, yeah, if I had revealed baptism of the dead, you would have been mocking me, but not Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if Joseph had said Adam was God, you would all just believe it, like, clearly. Yeah. If I jealous. put my head in a hat, you don't tell me I was crazy. <laughs> Yes, we would, Brigham. Yes, we would. 100%. Some weird shit. <laughs> oh, my God. All of it is so weird. Like, oh, I can't even. So eventually, the doctrine was publicly denounced as false by LDS leaders. Surprise, surprise. Like they do with everything. They're, like you said, ever changing. Because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Celestial Jesus is a petty 13-year-old, apparently. Uh, <laughs> In 1976, church president Spencer W. Kimball stated, quote, we denounce that theory and hope that everyone will be cautioned against this and other kinds of false doctrine. And this is where I get really annoyed because it's like, how the hell are the members of the church supposed to know what's false when it's the prophet telling them and you're told to follow the prophet? Yeah, and we are always told that the prophet will not lead you astray. The prophet cannot lead you astray or God will remove him from his position. Right. Like, I remember being told that all the time, but clearly that's not true. Clearly it's not. And then it's like placing blame on the members, like cautioning them, like, don't believe false doctrine. But how are they supposed to know? Like, you're saying like, well, don't be dumb. Don't don't follow false doctrine. But then it's like, wait, you literally just told me that he won't lead me astray and I'm supposed to follow the prophet. So which one is it? So, so fucked up. Oh, in 1980, Apostle Bruce R. McConkie gave a speech elaborating on the church's position towards the Adam God theory. So, the church calls it the Adam God theory, even though it was always presented as Adam God doctrine. But of course, they've changed that word as well. Um, and he said, there are those who believe or say they believe that Adam is our father and our God, that he is the father of our spirits and our bodies, and that he is the one we worship. The devil keeps this heresy alive as a means of obtaining converts to cultism. It is contrary to the whole plan of salvation set forth in the scriptures. And anyone who has read the book of Moses and anyone who has received the temple endowment and who yet believes the Adam God theory does not deserve to be saved. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. 
guy. He was pretty clear, but it's like, wait, so, okay, Mr. McConkie, are you saying that like Brigham Young was a false prophet? Yeah. Um, and then if so, like, how are we to believe that any of the, of the following prophets were real? Like, how do we know, how are we supposed to be assured that any of it is real? Yeah. Um, we're not, but. It's, and it's, if he was being led by the devil with this false prophecy, why is there a university named after the man? <laughs> yes. <laughs> why is there a university, multiple universities named after him? And then he's taught about in in um, faith promoting ways in church. You don't really hear a bunch of this stuff in church. It's like you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't be like, yes, he was a prophet and a great man. Yet also he was led by the devil. Like which one? <laughs> yeah, pick a pick a lane, pick LDS a church. Lane. Come on. <laughs> oh, it's so, so infuriating. Yeah. So ironically, like I just said, like McConkie's June 1980 condemnation asks you to trust him. So he's like, listen to me, trust me, and trust President Spencer Dumbledore Kimball right now because we're the leaders but don't trust those ones. So like how convenient you can just say that I'm currently right. And (laughs) the ones before me were wrong. Um, Yeah. But it's like, yeah, what about the, what about the members who were alive during Brigham Young's life? Like, were they all led astray? Uh, It's all just very confusing and stupid. Yeah. They're all burning in hell because they listened to the prophet. (laughs) (laughs) Burning in hell. Yep. Oh God. (laughs) This is a quote that I really enjoyed from the CES letter about this subject. Um, The CES letter is written by Jeremy Reynolds. So he said, I'm told that prophets are just men who are only prophets when acting as such, whatever that means. I'm told that, like all prophets, Brigham Young was a man of his time. For example, I was told that Brigham Young was acting as a man when he taught that God revealed to him that Adam is our father and God and the only God whom we have to do. Never mind that Brigham taught this over the pulpit in not one but two conferences, and never mind that he introduced this theology into the endowment ceremony in the temples, and never mind that Brigham Young made it clear that he was speaking as a prophet when he said, I have never yet preached a sermon and sent it out to the children of men that they may not call it scripture. So if Brigham Young really was a prophet, seer, and revelator, would it not be unreasonable to expect that God would give him a hint? racism is not okay, sexism is not okay, blood atonement is not okay, and that God's name is not Adam. <laughs> I oh. love that. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Like where? <sighs> like he was, he got it wrong. He got so many things wrong. And if you're really going to sit there and say, yes, we believe he was a true prophet, seer, and revelator, like, well, God wasn't doing a very good job at revealing stuff to him then. So then. Yeah. Like, did they have a poor connection? Like what is happening here? (laughs) Yeah. I'm losing signal. Like Like, God's yelling. Brigham. (laughs) I'm not Adam. And Brigham's going, what's that? You're Adam. Oh, bye. Talk to you later. (laughs) Like I, uh, I, yeah. And so this, it's like either Brigham was wrong or God was wrong. And then they just love to say, well, he was just talking as a man, like, but then what good was he if he didn't get anything right? And he was just terrible and violent, you know? Yeah, it'd be really convenient if the prophet could wear like a special hat or (laughs) something so we know, or like hold a sign that like I'm speaking for God right now. And then he could put his sign down so we know when he's just being a doofus. 
Yeah, that's what we need. I mean, <laughs> patent that TM trademark, you know. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we'll see it in the next general conference. He'll hold like a little special I don't know. Speaking as a man right now. Just a man. Just a man. Just a man. <laughs> um, so, okay, that's the overview of it. And I, I just wanted to give all of that background because, again, it's like, ugh, it's just so frustrating when they say, oh, this is just a one-off thing. It's like, no, this was a very big part of the teachings and the doctrine during Brigham Young's life. And so, with that being said... I have a video that is made by like a faith promoting YouTube channel for Mormons where they discuss this. It's like a four minute long video and it's just a Mormon man explaining, trying to explain (laughs) what this is. And I just wanted to share it with you because I watched it and I was like, okay, this is so aggravating. (laughs) Oh no. So, like I've done in the past because I have to, which is shitty, I'm just going to do a quick copyright disclaimer under Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976. Allowance is made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, education, and research. And fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might be otherwise infringing. So don't come for me, Mormons. (laughs) (laughs) And disclaimer too, I don't have a problem with this person. Like, in fact, I've actually had like very brief interactions with him on like social media in regards to Mormonism. And he's actually been like one of the most respectful people. So I don't have a problem with him, but I have a problem with how he tries to excuse the Adam God doctrine. (laughs) Oh, goody. Are you ready, Dusty? Are you ready to hear? Like you might just hear this and you'll be like, Oh, that makes so much sense. I am going to go back to church. So Yeah, I mean, the LDS church is a block and a half from my house. I'm just going to truck on over there and bang on the door. <laughs> just going to get your kids up in the car, take them over to primary. Oh, no. Nope. Oh. <laughs> okay, here <laughs> we go. Prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was Brigham Young. President Young was known as a pretty fiery guy. If he had something to say, you can bet he was going to say it. Most of the time, that was great. Sometimes it wasn't. And I would say most of the time it wasn't great. Yeah, he's kind of an angry son of a bitch. Yeah, and also I love how he prefaces it with, like, he was fiery. So it's like, oh, I'm thinking more than fiery. Fiery has been used to describe me because I have red hair. I don't know. <laughs> Young is much, much more angry than I ever have been. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you just said. One BYU professor Stephen Robinson said, anomalies occur in every field of human endeavor, even in science. An anomaly is something unexpected that cannot be explained by the existing laws or theories, but which does not constitute evidence for changing the laws. And Okay, like I, we get what anomalies are, but I feel like that doesn't or shouldn't apply when it's someone saying they're speaking for God and you believe yeah. your church has direct access, like he's the mouthpiece of God, like I just feel like there's not room for that, or there shouldn't be. But I mean, we, you and I know it's bullshit, but the people following don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. An anomaly is a glitch. A classic example of an anomaly in the LDS tradition is the so called Adam God theory. So called. Oh, that's loud. <laughs> Jeez. 
It's their little music. Is he literally just saying, like, it's a glitch in the Matrix? Yeah. He was saying, like, it's just something that's a glitch. Like, we can't, we might not be able to really explain it, but I'll try. And then it's, he, I love how he said it's the so-called Adam God theory. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> It's, a gl- it's all just a glitch in the Matrix. <laughs> Seriously, uh, wrong coding got put in there. Ugh. Essentially, what we have is Brigham Young teaching a few different times that Adam, as in Adam and Eve, was God the Father in mortal form. In early statements, Brigham Young seemed pretty sure about this, but as time went on, his language became a little less forceful and a little more opinion-based. For the sake of- A little more opinion-based. I just... It's so annoying. It's like the whole thing of like, well, it was just his opinion as a man as he got older. Like, what? Oh, I can't stand apologists. I just want to shake them and be like, do you what hear you yourself? Doing? Yeah, you are a smart person. Why are you Why are you saying this? Oh. I'm, I'm going to just throw up a bunch of stuff you said. And if you're interested, you can pause the video and go through and read them. Now, when you just look at these quotes, it seems pretty clear where Brigham stood on the subject. And I'm personally just fine with the idea that Brigham Young was mistaken. He's pers- See, that's like another thing. They're just like, well, he's just wrong about this one thing. But how do you how do you give him any credibility then for yeah, other like things? The- the mental gymnastics of he was absolutely wrong about this, but he was completely right about banning black men from having the priesthood. Right. Like what? <laughs> and yeah, he was he was wrong about this and I'm OK with it. But uh, he was totally right about following Joseph Smith and saying the Book of Mormon was true and all of that. other. Like, how do you differentiate? <laughs> yeah. It's also not that simple, because for every reference to Adam as God, there are even more references where Brigham Young teaches that Adam is just Adam and God is God, two separate beings. Stephen Robinson said, on occasion, my colleagues and I at Brigham Young University have tried to figure out what Brigham Young might have actually said and what it might have meant. They have like these little things in there where they (laughs) stick in like Miley Cyrus singing and stuff. So it's like you're trying to figure out what he meant. It's another thing that they do with their wording. Like they're saying that certain words don't mean certain things sometimes. Like Yeah. It's a word next- salad to try and explain yeah. away why. Yeah. When it's like it's pretty obvious, you know, when, what he meant when he said it multiple times. But then, yeah, they said <laughs> he said. Adam is God. He meant Adam is God. That's <laughs> yeah. Like similarly to how Joseph Smith said he translated the papyri for the Book of Abraham, <laughs> and now they're like, no, it wasn't actually translate. It was just revelation. But like, <laughs> you know, just ignore that he said translate. <laughs> yeah. 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 The reported statements simply do not compute. We cannot make sense out of them. This is not a matter of believing it or disbelieving it. We simply don't know what it is. I don't get it. You don't know what it is. An apostle, Elder Bruce R. McConkie, echoed that statement. What I'm saying is that Brigham Young contradicted Brigham Young, and the issue becomes one of which Brigham Young we will believe. The answer is we will believe the expressions that accord with the teachings in the standard work. (laughs) So, you believe what Brigham Young says as long as it aligns with everything else in the church. So then, my question is, why even have a prophet then? Yeah. Like, why do you need one if just what he, it's like, 
useless at that point. Yeah, if they're a fallible man, then what's the point of having them in that position? Exactly. Exactly. Ah! <laughs> also, Bruce R. McConkey sucks. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he really does. That Adam was God the Father. It's not a doctrine of the restored gospel. It wasn't something Brigham Young presented to the Quorum of the Twelve. In fact, at least one of the apostles of Brigham's day, Orson Pratt, pushed back against the teaching. A later prophet, Spencer W. Kimball, denounced it. So the next question is, if prophets can make mistakes like this, then how can we trust that anything the prophets say is true? Yes! yes how exactly. can we? Tell us! I'd love to know! Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Keep in mind two things. First, these early saints, including Brigham Young, were all converts to the church. Everyone, especially converts, and especially in the early days of the Restoration, learned doctrine line upon line. That's a lifetime process. We're all ugly, sharp rocks in a rock tumbler, and over time, those edges get smoothed out. Now, so, so he's saying that because they were converts and it, the church was new. Wait, I don't like. So because they'd already had their own thought processes developed and not ingrained brainwash from birth, they're wrong. <laughs> that they're wrong. And so this thing that he said about Adam God was because he was a convert? Like, well, no. No, don't. I don't. That doesn't track for me. <laughs> no. There are checks in place to make sure that all official doctrine is unanimously agreed upon by the First Presidency and Quorum of the Twelve. Second, I reference another quote from Brigham Young. I am more afraid that this people have so much confidence in their leaders that they will not inquire for themselves of God, whether they're led by him. Let every man and woman know by the whisperings of the spirit of God to themselves, whether their leaders are walking in the path the Lord dictates or not. We do. Oh, yep. So it's our fault. It's our fault. And uh, there's so much here that I feel like we can unpack. But first of all, he's using a quote that Brigham Young said that you should follow while also saying that Brigham Young was wrong about other things. <laughs> and then it's saying Ugh. that it's our fault if we don't determine when the prophet is speaking falsely. So like we're supposed to pray and then get revelation. If Russell M. Nelson is giving false, false teachings, but then if you claim that you prayed and you got revelation that the church was false or that pro- you know, the prophet was not teaching the true, true church, you'd be excommunicated. Like that doesn't work that way. You you have to follow what the leaders say. Yeah. It's like this whole thing that happened with the pandemic. Like so many Mormons were like, well, I got personal revelation, even though the prophet said, get your vaccine. I got personal revelation. Yeah. I don't have to like, yeah. And so it's like, you're picking and choosing, but then yeah. when it comes to like big things, you can't, yeah, like you said, it puts the weight all on the members of like, well, why don't you just pray about it to know if it's true? Like, but, but make sure you get the right answer, because if you don't, sorry, your yeah, eternal sorry. salvation is on, in jeopardy. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. It drives me insane. Let's see. I think there's just a little bit left of this. If you run into something you're not sure about, study it out in your mind and see if God has anything else to say about it. Even the church's official newsroom says individual members are encouraged to independently strive to receive their own spiritual confirmation of the truthfulness of church doctrine. Moreover, the church exhorts all people to approach the gospel not only intellectually, but with the intellect and the spirit, a process in which reason and faith work together. Okay, so 
<laughs> you have to pray about it. As long as you come to the conclusion that the church is true, then that means that that was the revelation you were looking for. Ugh, sure. So messy. It, and it just keeps people in this this cycle of like, well, I have this question about this. I mean, I bet this is relevant probably to a lot of active members today who want to be LGBTQ allies or who are LGBTQ yeah. themselves. And they they think, okay, I have a problem with this teaching, with this doctrine of our church, this homophobic doctrine. What do I do? I pray about it. You get the feeling that the doctrine's wrong, but you can't, you can't like say that because if you say that, you don't get a temple recommend. Yeah, exactly. And the church is so good at faking like I had a friend who was at um loud fest is that what it's called in oh uh-huh so and they met a current member who's very like very active in the church and they were saying like it's so wonderful that the church supports this and people were like they pulled their funding after the first one because they wouldn't change the wording of it like members today don't even know what the church is involved in because they're so good at like covering it up and uh-huh uh-huh. Being sneaky about things and yeah and they, they don't they're not transparent about any of like their finances or all of the other like you said the sneaky like little teachings or their funding or whatever but they want to look appealing yeah to the outside world so oh this poor God. woman prays about it and she's like i have a good feeling i can be an ally and the church is okay with it because they're sponsoring this event and then she you know, eventually goes to her bishop and bishop's like, oh, no, 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 that's not the right, right answer. Like, yeah, uh, oh. it drives me insane. Like this mental gymnastics, these loops of like, well, yeah, he said that he might have just been acting as a man. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Just pray about it and stop thinking about it, really. Like, yeah. uh, uh, shove it down. So <laughs> I saw some comments on this video that I wanted to share because they were they were good. Oh, I'm sure they're golden. Yeah. Yeah. So one person said, um, it wasn't just a few statements. It has been laid out just how extensive this doctrine was taught in the early days of the church, including in the temple and church hymns, which were later edited to remove the doctrine. Brigham Young also stated that Joseph Smith taught him the doctrine, which, yeah, so they conveniently don't talk about any of that stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Another another uh, comment says, prophets supposedly have a direct pipeline to God. That's why we esteem them as prophets. So they should be consistent with not only themselves, but also each other. God is reportedly the same and doesn't change his ideas and positions with the fashions of the day. If I'm going to call someone a prophet and believe what they say, it has to be not only believable, but consistent. I mean, hell yeah. yeah. Like that's very very logical. (laughs) This was a good one. It just was a very short comment that said, okay, so we must trust the prophets, but sometimes don't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, true. (laughs) Well, sometimes just don't. Just, just be wary. And, yeah. Then yeah. Um, someone commented, uh, Brigham Young also taught that there were inhabitants of the sun. Come on, think people. Oh, yeah, I forgot <laughs> about that. I thought about that, too, until I read that comment. And that led me into, like, looking a little bit more into it. And I decided with that, I'm going to, <laughs> we can end this episode on kind of a humorous note about what, Joseph Smith and Brigham Young thought about people living on the sun and on the moon. <laughs> and oh. they taught this as prophets. <laughs> I'm so excited. So, so good. Um, J-Dog <laughs> said, 
that inhabitants of the moon are more of a uniform size than the inhabitants of the earth, being about six feet in height. They dress very much like the Quaker style and are quite general in style or the one fashion of dress. They live to be very old, coming generally near a thousand years. makes shit up and <laughs> just picture these people living on the moon dressing like Quakers yeah yeah and then um so speaking I'm young this is what he taught about people who lived on the sun uh and the moon too <laughs> so who can tell us of the inhabitants of this little planet that shines of an evening when you inquire about the inhabitants of that sphere, you find that most are ignorant in regard to them as the ignorant of their fellows. So it is in regard to so it is in regard to the inhabitants of the sun. Do you think it is inhabited? I rather think it is. Do you think there is any <laughs> do you think there is any life there? No question of it. It was not made in vain. Uh, oh, which is another like very arrogant mormon way of thinking like the of course everything was just made for people to be yeah. on it yeah it's the point of <sighs> if people can't live on it like brigham you're a dumbass like to use your own <laughs> work <laughs> oh. jesus should have whispered in your ear like don't say that that sounds dumb <laughs> eventually people are going to understand our solar system and you're gonna look like an idiot yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly so that is the adam god doctrine from the bananas mind of brigham young which somehow he still has all these universities named after him it's so weird and so oh, wild so crazy wow well wow. I, I mean <laughs> i wish i lived on the sun i'd probably tan a lot better but <laughs> uh yeah i would i burn just like sitting by a window so <laughs> yeah I hear you I was in my garden yesterday and I got a sunburn on my shoulders so my porn shoulders <gasps> your porn shoulders that's what you get for that's having right. them out in your so, garden how <laughs> dare I <laughs> <laughs> well Dusty thank you again so much for being the guest this week um so welcome anytime glad to be here i'm not as cool or quirky or fun as sarah but i'm happy to be here <laughs> you're amazing thank you thank you tell me more <laughs> going <laughs> all right listeners thanks so much for listening and we'll be back next week bye bye